0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: and Susan's latest book, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at the Wise Woman University.
2: Hello, good evening, everyone. I am looking for Susan's number here in the queue, but I am not seeing it as of yet. I hope everyone's having a good night. And um, I did want to mention while we're waiting for Susan that I'm doing a giveaway with some of my herbal stuff. Here she is. We'll put her through. Actually, Actually hello, I, didn't I just got one. Sorry. I did not see your your number in there at all, so it wasn't well, showing up press on my
3: one, silly me.
2: But you, all the numbers are there so I could ah. I would be able to see you anyway, but I did not see your number there for some reason. I don't know. Oh
1: well, here we are. Hooray. But, <laughs> uh, <yay. laughs>
2: hey,
3: that's amazing. Tell us more. What are you giving away? How are you giving it away?
2: So I um have a little giveaway on Instagram. If you go over to Instagram I'm on at Nourish Wholeness, and um, that's my my name on there. And then it's Rebecca Roseau is my the the my personal name under the Nourish Wholeness. And I'm giving away um, a jar of Tulsi honey and a fall adaptogenic um, uh, Tulsi and peach and uh, blackberry oxymol and um, a a uh, flowering crone warts smudge wand and some hypericum oil and a wild school cap tincture and so if you go there and you follow the directions on the post there you uh, can enter for a chance to win you can put as many entries as you want in and it's uh you enter by putting in the name of somebody that's on instagram with you that um you are grateful for in your life and why you're grateful for them. And it's been a really beautiful, I just put it up yesterday and there's already been like lots of responses and it's just been really beautiful to see all the the gratitude and love that people have for each other. And I just really am (laughs) needed to like see all of this love pouring into this, uh, this platform. So it's been really cool to see and I look forward to seeing more and hopefully um, y'all check it out.
3: All right, that's beautiful. Thank you, Rebecca. Oh, well, I'm yeah, happy
2: yeah. Thank you. Happy Monday! <laughs>
3: that the index went to Betsy to be edited, and she should have that editing of the index done by the time I return from Goddess Spirit Rising out in California. I'm leaving for there tomorrow morning.
2: Oh, nice.
3: So I will it's be a, out <laughs> in the Los Angeles area at Goddess Spirit Rising teaching, and not working on the book. And then when I get back, the last of the corrections will be put in, and the book will be sent to the printer. Hooray!
2: Nice. Yay. Oh, my goodness. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> that must feel very good.
3: Oh, my gosh. Getting all mm-hmm. these last little details down. And... uh Yeah, then we'll have a real nice book out.
2: That's wonderful. Well, we're going to be having Jujana Budapest tonight. Is she going to be at Goddess Spirit Rising? She'll be on with us at 9 o'clock.
3: She will be here at 9 o'clock, and she will be with me at Goddess Spirit Rising. And then next year, I will be at her, Goddesses in the Redwoods.
4: Jujana
3: has initiated initiated Another year, right? And the goddess spirit, Rising Conference is put on by two of her high priestesses. I'm one of her high priestesses. And uh, we're all doing the best work we can do in the world to promote the goddess and uh, the idea that all acts of pleasure and beauty are in honor of her.
2: Hmm.
3: So you, we will talk. Jujana wants to talk about morals and ethics. Of the goddess movement. It's going to be a very interesting discussion. As you know, neither Jujana nor I shy away from being controversial.
2: Yes. that's what we appreciate about y'all.
3: Yeah. So
2: mm-hmm.
3: we will be here at 9 o'clock with Jujana and we will explore and see what needs to come forth what needs to be said right now in this moment about where we all are
2: mhm 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 yeah i look forward to hearing
3: and it is so obvious that uh that we are rushing toward equinox it's already dark here
2: Yeah, I'm three hours behind you, but
3: 7:30, and quite wow, dark. it's already dark. <laughs> and they mm-hmm. haven't even changed the time on us. When they change the time on us, it will get dark really fast.
2: Yeah, and the it, fall, came- I'm
3: I'm looking at all the tender plants and thinking, how much longer can I let them stay out? Of course, I want to let them stay out for a long, long time, because they do so much better when they're out in the real rain and the real sun than they do inside the house. On the other hand, things like the Brugmansia and the Jasmine do not like temperatures under forty
1: degrees.
3: Mhm. So that's that time of the year where I'm kinda dancing from one one foot to the other like somebody who's in a long line to get into the women's room going, Should I, shouldn't I? Another day, another week, should I, shouldn't I? So they're definitely staying out while I'm in California. May the weather may the weather spirits be with me.
2: Yes. And, um, uh, I just wanted to mention Justine did send me the new intro, but I couldn't get it uploaded for s- some reason before the show started. It was she just sent it to me like five minutes before, and I was like, gonna oh, try how to exciting. get it up, wow I know it's so exciting, so hopefully by next week, we'll have it up and um okay, yeah, be able to hear that Mhm, and yeah, I got to go out and harvest some elderberries today. Made it out just in time before all the birds got them. <laughs> I was gonna say I never see single elderberry around here. The birds just strip them off so fast. yeah, we get because the blue elderberries are really common out here that um and they have so much of the um that yeast on them, I feel like they the birds will oftentimes wait for some of that yeast to, like for the rain to wash them off or something before they go for them, but a lot of them they'll stay on the tree for a while on the bush
3: and can you use the blue ones like the black ones
2: yeah i use them like that i think that the um the the flavonoid content in them is really really high like they just stain everything that it has like this most dark yellow color when i strain it through a cloth or something it's like so rich so yeah i think that they're i mean very medicinal and from my experience with, like, you know, using them with my family, and I I swear by them. <laughs> we don't get sick as <laughs> much as All right, great. Yeah, yeah, they're great.
3: And if you don't have any fresh elderberry, it's a good time to start thinking about putting up some dried elderberry tincture.
2: Yeah, yes. I'm going to make some tincture. Hey,
3: I some prefer syrup. to let my dried berry tincture sit for several months before I use them, if not a whole year. Mhm. Not too soon to set your elderberry tincture up. Remember that uh, the studies have found that elderberry is um basically more protective than a flu shot.
2: Mhm. Yep. And yeah, is very, my kid, very like safe.
3: Everybody is safe with elder.
2: Like I said, my kids were just going back to school, and I'm like, (laughs) there's so many kids, and we already started. uh, I gave them some tincture just yesterday because there was like a little bit of congestion. Yeah. Everybody always asks what the number one, you know, like what herbs can use like when going back to school and it's it's pretty simple elderberries uh a go-to herb and kids seem to
4: really like it
2: so
3: it's so tasty
4: Mhm
3: and so many easy ways to prepare it
2: Yeah, so many so many ways to make elderberry syrup too. People always ask, but I like to keep mine very simple, and I just boil the boil the berries and add honey, and I don't put anything else in it because I feel like it's more versatile that way. And you know, like if the kids are sick, then they're more likely to have something that's like want something that's not so flavorful. And yeah, so that's just yes. why I like it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes,
3: that's the simpler way, to keep it simple.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because I know a lot of people will put like, you know, like, like juice ginger or even like put the raw juice of the elderberry mixed in with the cooked berries and, you know, do all of these other things with it and put like, like uh, vinegar or whatever. But I find I use a lot more of it when it's just simple.
3: Well, I must say that all the teachers that I had in Switzerland and Germany were very, very clear that no elderberry should ever be eaten raw.
2: Yeah, there's been a lot going around about that. I think it's because of Stephen Booner's book. He talks about juicing elderberries, and yeah, I I know that they make me really nauseous that way. So I don't like it like that. And I think that they do cause more nausea when they're when they're not cooked. Yep, they do use mm-hmm. elderberry juice in
3: Europe, but it's a cooked juice. Mhm. Have a special like make elderberry juicer which cooks the berry and extracts the juice from it
2: yeah because you really have to cook it for all those you know like it seems like the polyphenols the the flavonoids to come through it has to have that cook cooked you know that's
3: all to break and raw is you know you get so much less of everything less nourishment less vitamins less no minerals of any kind it's just you know again you know the pendulum goes back and forth 50 years ago juicing was big it will die down again
5: Mhm
3: as as the people who do it see their health basically disappear
6: Mhm
2: And also with the ones here because they have the the um the yeast on them that it causes it to ferment really easily like it so I mean unless you're making like a mead or something like that where you're actually fermenting it, then <laughs> you don't want your bottles like exploding and the the syrup getting all weird,
3: you know. Right. And cooking it stops that from happening.
2: Yes. And well we great. So we have Yeah, we have a lot of people on the line. If you have a question, make sure to press one to ask it and we'll go to our first caller in the 360 area code.
6: Hi. Um, my question is about drying herbs in the oven. Is there a good temperature that you can do this at?
3: Why would you want to dry herbs in the oven? Um,
6: we don't have a bunch of space for drying herbs um, in the offices or public spaces i live at a buddhist retreat center i'm sorry
3: i'm uh, only getting about every fifth word that you're saying
6: i live in a place where there's not a lot of space to dry herbs
3: well i'm sorry i cannot imagine that there's more space in an oven an oven is very small
6: yeah it's just faster You just told me there wasn't
3: space and I just told you that an oven is no space at all and then you changed the subject. That's not fair. Sorry. There's not much space in an oven, is there? No. So you are saying that the room you live in does not have a ceiling.
6: Um, It
3: does have a ceiling, yes. It does have a ceiling, and. Herbs may always be hung from a ceiling to dry. What herbs do you want to dry?
6: Mullen and nettles and comfrey.
3: None of them will dry in the oven. Okay. They're big. You want the comfrey with the stalk. You want the mullen with the stalk. You want the nettle with the stalk. You can hang two stalks of nettle together to dry from your ceiling, taking up... Space going up and down, and all you can get in your oven to dry is two stalks of nettle, taking up the space going the other way.
7: Okay. Where do you live
3: that there's nettle for harvesting right now?
6: Um, I live on the San Juan Islands.
3: And the nettle is not in seed?
6: Um. I am thinking about at other times of the year when it's Okay. This
3: is not the not the right time to harvest nettle generally. Okay. So I harvest nettle. I put two stalks together and I hang them from the ceiling to dry. Were you thinking of taking the nettle leaves off and throwing the stalk away?
6: Um I hadn't thought about it.
3: Well, how are you going to get the whole metal stock in your oven?
6: I
8: I don't know.
3: And the comfrey stock's is usually like three feet long. Okay. And the mullen can be up to five feet. I just don't see how any of these fit in the oven.
4: Okay. Thank you.
3: So hang them up. Get somebody with a ladder to go up to the ceiling and put some cup hooks in there. Or what I've done, and I'm not sure you know, if you own the place where you're living or it, what kind of changes you can make. But what I've done in the ceilings is I had wooden strips nailed into the ceiling. And then I put thumbtacks on the edge of those wooden strips from which I can hang my herbs. It makes it very, very easy to hang a lot of herbs. Most rooms have high enough ceilings. That you can hang a fair amount of herb and walk still walk around and use the room, and if you live in more than one room, then you have more than one ceiling. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay,
3: so that's what I, that's what I would suggest.
4: <clears throat> okay.
3: All right,
6: thanks.
3: thanks for your question. Right. Green blessings.
2: The next caller is coming from the 614 area code.
9: Hi, Susan. Hi, Rebecca. Um, I'm calling because I wanted some input on what is happening with my cycle. Um, I've just recently turned 39, and I had a child a little over two years ago. Um, She was born by emergency C-section at 38 weeks. And... Uh, when she was delivered, the doctor discovered that my placenta had stopped working. Um, so my child and I were both hospitalized for some time, um, and we've both recovered mostly. Uh, I did have a lot of emotional trauma related to the birth, but I have also done a lot of work with it, and I'm feeling more at peace with the experience. Um, oh, and another side note is that I had thyroid cancer five years ago. Uh, I had a thyroid. I'm cancer sorry. Cancer. What
3: kind of cancer? Thyroid. Thyroid cancer, okay.
9: Yes, yeah. Uh, Uh And how was it
3: discovered that you had thyroid cancer?
9: Uh, I actually fell, and I had a, uh, uh, I think a CT scan, and they discovered growth on my thyroid, and then I had a biopsy.
3: There's a reason why the largest-selling drug in the United States is Synthroid. Yeah. And that's because CDC. CT scans find these little nodules and little cancers in the thyroid that would never kill you?
9: Yeah, I probably would have um, taken a different route, uh, but that was five years ago, and that was the choice I made, and
3: mm-hmm. I was
9: scared. And
3: Other people's benefit that if you have a CT scan, and you know CT scans have the largest amount of radiation of any diagnostic test. As a matter of fact, it's more radiation that was experienced epicenter in Hiroshima. Wow. So I suggest that people do not have a CT scan unless there's a very, very good reason for it.
9: Yeah,
3: yeah. So Lesson right learned. there. Right there. So your placenta stopped working. Do you think it has something to do with your thyroid?
9: I'm not sure. That's kind of where what I'm questioning. Um, so um. So, yeah, so my period has just not really returned to normal since uh, the delivery. Um, I can go from 20 days to 40 days in between periods. Um, I, I even went to my gynecologist, and I just had him test my FSH to see if I was close to menopause. And it came back with a 5, I think 5.5. Um, so he determined that I was not approaching menopause. So I was just wondering if you had any ideas or input. Tell me about your diet. I have a broad range of food. I eat lots of whole grains and meat and dairy and cooked greens and
3: okay. all that good stuff. You drink, um, you drink nourishing herbal infusions at this point?
9: I... I struggle to, to do it regularly. Um, so that's something that I, I need to work on.
3: hmm Mhm. I I think you will find that if you can incorporate that into your life that you will feel a lot better. Okay. Is at this point are you still nursing? I'm not. You're not? Okay. So quarter day would be enough.
9: Mm-hmm.
3: When my sweetheart and I are alone, we make a gallon of infusion, and that takes us two days to drink.
9: Yeah, I can I can definitely start making um, larger quantities when I make it.
3: Yeah, and then there's available for everybody in the family because everybody yeah. benefits from making infusion.
9: Yeah, yeah. My my daughter loves it.
3: Wonderful. Wonderful.
9: Yeah.
3: So it's hard for me to tell from the small amount of information that you have given me. Um, it's hard for me to answer your question, which is what's going on with your period.
4: Yeah. All
9: right. <laughs> yeah. I um, I just thought maybe Susan, maybe Susan, has I an think answer. the
4: larger
3: question is, is it a problem?
9: Well, I'm feeling, I have a lot of anxiety. Um, and I'm and I'm kind of feeling like I, I always have a lot of cramp. Yeah, that's the other thing is my my cramps are lasting um, up to two weeks, and then nothing's happening. Um, so that's that's not pleasant. And then um, I my emotions are kind of up and down.
3: And what herbs help you relieve those cramps?
9: I have taken cramp bark. Um, that has helped some. Um I haven't really tried any other any other uh herbs for cramp. hmm.
3: Motherwort is an excellent anti cramping herb. Perfect. Catnip. Ginger. One of the things I like about motherwort is it tends to cure whatever is causing the cramp, so after three or four months you don't need the motherwort anymore. Resboth okay. catnip ginger and cramp bark you can take every single month for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And they'll effectively reduce the cramps, but they won't really get at what's causing the cramps, whereas the motherwort will.
9: Okay, okay. Yeah, I've got two
3: quarts of motherwort tincturing right now. Made so. two quarts of motherwort. Well, there you go. You're <laughs> ready for step two in being an herbalist. Use what you make. Yep.
4: yep. Okay. Right? <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> I worked a lot with uh, gardening in some strange places in we we also had this same difficulty there that people were very happy to plant things and tend them. But when it came to harvesting them, they just, like, threw up their hands and went, I can't do that.
9: <laughs> right.
3: So, yeah, get yourself a dosage bottle, label it Motherwort, get it by your bedside or any other place that you're likely to be. And you know that Motherwort helps relieve anxiety too, right?
9: Yep, yep.
3: So it's All the right. per- perfect one-two there. Yeah, I have the, the answer right in my cabinet. <laughs> there you go. Wonderful. And then call back in two or three months, and let's see where we're drinking uh, regularly, nourishing herbal infusions, and working with motherwort. Let's see what that's taking you, okay?
9: Okay. Thank you so much, Susan.
3: Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay. Green blessing.
2: Bye. Green blessings. The next caller is coming from the 920 area codes.
6: Hi, Susan. Hello. Okay. So you and Rebecca were having a very interesting conversation at the beginning of the show about elderberry because I am right now um, pulling the elderberries off of the um, low branches that I harvested today. And I'd like to make a simple syrup like you were talking about I just need a little bit more guidance. Do I, Do I add a certain amount of water or is it just the juice? And how long do I let it cook? Do I reduce it to half? I just I need some specifics, please.
3: You think you need some specifics but you don't. Okay. What would happen if you took your elderberries and you just started cooking them, and you smashed them up and you started cooking them in their juice?
6: They would the skins would would dissolve, I would expect. Um and and it would become a, a, a juice and eventually thicken or or get thicker. Oh, and so what I would like happen if you did enough? that by adding water? Oh, I would just have more liquid to reduce, right? Right. So okay, you could do so it I either way, couldn't add you?
3: Okay. You could do it either way, right? Yes. So that's a non-question, right? Okay. How long do you usually cook things?
6: Well, I know from you that I want to cook it long enough for the cell wall to break down, so an hour Hi. or two. So is
3: it is it possible to overcook the elderberries?
6: No, I would say no.
3: So that's a non-question too, isn't it?
6: Okay. So I just and need what to was your third the non-question? Turn it on.
3: <laughs> what was um, your non non-question? How much sweetener should you put in?
6: Well, that can that be done after it cools down?
3: For what reason it
6: matter. I don't Why know. Why would you want Does to add it, it after it cools down? I'm not sure. I mean I guess just to to not doesn't heating honey, uh, destroy it in some way, somewhat.
3: I see you have fallen for the raw myth. Okay. Nothing useful in any raw food Except meat, milk, eggs, insects and fish Those are the five raw foods That will give us nutrition and use Okay I personally would not want to eat raw honey Or raw vinegar or anything like that Which is just going to be contaminated with bacteria that aren't good for me I see. Okay. okay. So most of the time, my honey is going into a hot cup of tea. Yours isn't?
6: No. I, I put it in hot hot drinks, too. Yes.
3: You put right. it in hot tea, right? <laughs> well, golly. Uh-huh.
6: I do. All right. <laughs> okay, so, so I... I can add it. Oh, so you can cook the
3: elderberries any way you want to cook them with or without water. You can cook them for as long as you want to cook them. You're not going to hurt them if you cook them too long. And you can add whatever sweetener you want and you can make it any thickness you want to make it.
6: Okay. Okay.
3: Okay. That's great. All
6: Looking right. Forward to it. All right. Thank you very much.
3: Green blessings. Good night.
6: Okay. Bye bye.
2: It's not just you, right? The next caller is coming from the 603 area code.
7: Oh, that's me. Hi, Susan. Um, Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Susan, I have a question to ask about um, whether it is a – to save me some money, um, money is – I'm having financial difficulties right now, but it has been mentioned to me by a physical therapist that soaking – uh, not how do I say it? Putting a um, a heavily sprained um, ankle or my wrist, I I severely sprained both into a um, a paraffin uh, tub. Um, they do that uh, at the at the physical therapist. I they don't have it at the physical therapist. I'm doing I'm going to but. But um, some physical therapists do that. Now, I happen to have one of those electric units that takes paraffin. And I was wondering, I don't like the idea of using uh, paraffin because I don't think, um, I'm not sure, but I wouldn't think it would be good to soak myself, my, any part of my body in it um, because it's refined so I was wondering, before I go out and, and spend and uh, try to get the money to buy um, beeswax, do you know if beeswax would work to relieve some of the pain that I'm having with these two severe sprains at my ankle and my wrist?
3: I'm not going to answer your question. I'm going to ask you a question.
7: Sure. Go right ahead.
3: How much comfrey leaf infusion are you drinking?
7: I am drinking it like every third day
3: okay and uh, the comfrey that comes out of the infusion are you using that as compresses and poultices
7: not all the time probably only one time a week Um, it's just a time thing Um, I'm not really sure exactly how to do it so I've kind of been making a mess Uh, so I can only There are do
3: basically three ways to apply herb to the body. You can take the herb and apply it directly to the body, either fresh or rehydrated. You simply take the fresh herb, chew it up, and stick it on your body. Or you take the dried herb, you add water to it until it's rehydrated, and then you put it on your body, right? That's poultice. Right. And
7: hold so you it stick it on your body,
3: body, that's poultice. You can take the fresh or the dried herb and put it into a cloth. and then apply that cloth to the body. Usually the fresh or dried herb is put into a cloth, and the cloth is then beaten in some way so that the juices from the herb or the liquid from the herb saturate the cloth, yes. and, that's and that's applied.
7: That is messy. <laughs> and that's
3: that's called a compress.
7: Yes.
3: It's not as messy as putting the herb on your body, is it?
7: The herb it's less
3: the- messy than putting the herb directly on your body.
7: Yes. Okay. okay. Okay.
3: All right. Like
7: with a sprained
3: ankle, you could take a bowl of the comfrey from the infusion with a little of the inf- comfrey infusion and just soak your ankle in it, right? Yes. Pack the I- comfrey right up against your ankle in the bowl. It's not really that messy. And watch TV or play cards with a friend or read a book or do your fingernails. Or figure out something to do. <laughs> You're talking about minutes things while you don't your do. ankle.
7: I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I have play done Play a computer that. game,
3: I, um, yes, masturbate. I'm sure you can figure out something to do.
7: <laughs> no, 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 no. The issue is doing it. I have done that probably once every couple of weeks, but
3: I understand I, the issue is doing it. That's why I'm telling you about doing it. You can also take a cloth, soak it in the infusion, and apply that by wrapping it around the wrist or the ankle, and that's called a fomentation. So you can poultice, you can compress, or you can make a fomentation.
7: Okay, now, in order to and do that,
3: five to ten minutes a day, every day, is better okay. than two hours once a week.
7: Five to ten minutes daily. I can commit to that. Great. Um, it doesn't have to be, can be a long thing. It can be a short thing. Now, in addition to that. And let me ask
3: you this. How 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 far along is this? Is there still swelling? Is ice still appropriate?
7: No, ice is no long, not appropriate. I actually severe. He is now
3: appropriate.
7: Uh, heat is appropriate and that is, and heat feels good to you. So you
3: can dip that cloth in hot comfrey infusion and apply a hot fomentation. You can heat up the infusion with the plant material in it, a little bit of infusion with plant material in it, and put that in a cloth and make a hot compress. And I think either of those are preferable. Too hot beeswax. The problem with beeswax is it's very, very sticky, and it will be quite a long time before you ever get it off your body.
7: Oh, I wondered about that.
3: Paraffin just breaks right off.
7: Yes, it does. So do you think it's harmful to um, soak in paraffin? Am I being extreme? I'm an
3: herbalist. I don't, I don't generally buy other stuff. You're drinking comfrey infusion. You can take the spent herb out of that infusion, heat it up, and apply it to your ankle. And I know for sure that it will do more than any kind of hot paraffin will. At less cost, if you already have the plant material. But I understand it's not as sexy and groovy as as hot wax.
7: No, 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 no. I I, I hope you're joking. <laughs> Um, no, that's not for that reason at all. It's just, I've just found it very, very messy. I think I heard you say that Comfrey stains. And I have to have some, um, my husband is actually doing all the laundry right now. He hasn't complained. So I've been afraid to use the cloth because it, you know, it drips. And you
3: don't have a rag in your house?
7: No, you don't have
3: some stained piece of sheeting or towel or something like that.
7: You don't have an old sock with a hole in the toe. I guess I'm looking to see when I put this um, old cloth, which I've been using an old dish towel, wrapping the comfrey in, like like you have said. I have done this, and then um, I've tried like um, putting Saran wrap around it. And in, and in laying down because. And you're worried
6: about paraffin.
7: No, 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 saran wrap or something that will keep it from dripping all over the bed. Uh, you know, to save me from getting having to purchase something to put on my bed so it doesn't get all wet. My my husband doesn't enjoy getting the, you know, sleeps beside. I'm me. not sure
3: why you're lying down.
7: Oh, um, I because I also have a severe scoliosis and I need to lay down, lie down, lay down, actually. Um, to relieve pain throughout the day, so I, uh, my life is is a struggle of hurrying to get things done um, when I can be upright, and then needing to lie down to, you know, do something like this.
3: Understood. So what I'm saying is, don't wrap it in Saran wrap, but take a big plastic bag and put it under.
7: Under. Not a, uh, I believe under, you are I,
3: lying down. Yes. I believe your ankle is wrapped up in a soaked comfrey cloth.
7: Yes, and then I believe I would wrap, if you put
3: a large plastic bag under your ankle, that oh. it would prevent drips.
7: Oh, so it would be a no-no to put plastic around the towel that contains. Worried the about
3: paraffin, and you're going to put Saran wrap around your ankle?
7: Well, I mean a plastic bag. I actually didn't use Saran Works, wrap. yes. I used a plastic bag and wrapped it around the. Plastic towel. is much that more means,
3: processed than paraffin.
7: I'm sorry? Oh, so I don't want to wrap that Plastic around is the more plastic?
3: processed than paraffin. I'm simply saying it seems odd to me that you're concerned about the petrochemicals in paraffin when you are willing to use petrochemical plastic. But
7: it's not I'm not
3: saying you shouldn't anything. I'm just saying, oh, it seems odd to me. That's all.
7: Oh. Well, I'm just curious because it's not against my skin, so I figure it won't harm me, and we happen to have some old plastic, so why not use it? you know use it
3: as I'm saying, I think that the usefulness of it would be underneath and not wrapped around because it will touch your skin, and it will get hot if you're using hot compresses
7: no i' I'm, I'm and it's completely
3: up to you. I just don't use plastic in those ways
7: oh, okay. Well, I was thinking actually... By, what
3: I would do is I would take an ACE bandage and wrap it around.
7: Around the... Compress.
3: You're talking about a circumfrey compress, right?
7: Yes. And and now we're talking about heating it, doing it warm.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm.
7: And then wrapping the, the ACE bandage around the compress. That. Mm-hmm.
3: It doesn't have to be really tight, but it will contain any drips, right?
7: Yes, yes, yes,
3: yes. Okay,
7: so so you're not a fan of 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 the sticking my hand in in paraffin uh, in paraffin. I should ditch that idea. It's up to you. No, no, you're, I, I'm learning from you that you think yeah. that is unwise.
3: I don't think it's unwise. I think it's unnecessary
7: because you think the comfrey itself will do the trick better I than. I
3: know the comfrey will do.
7: You know it will. I know it will. I can't wait. Okay. Five to ten minutes daily, I commit. <laughs>
3: Thank right. you. I'm so, so glad much to hear that. you for your help. Uh, you're welcome. Green blessings. Good night.
7: Green blessings to you, too. Bye bye.
2: The next caller is coming from the 787 area code
4: <gasps> Rebecca
5: and Susan. Hello.
2: Hey, Maretta.
5: <laughs> How are you, ladies? <laughs> I am eating chocolate, so I'm and I just drank some stinging nettles. So I'm like flying. <laughs> All right, woohoo, <laughs> <laughs> So I am calling because I am being petrified or scared, and not that I want to be scared, but I feel a little bit scared because there's this um, mosquito virus here in Massachusetts called the E E E um equinox encephalitis virus or something like that. And, yeah. Uh, so my question to you is like, I, I, I put a powder in my soups and try to put it in the yogurt, and I do have St. Jones, and so I'm like, what is the best thing that I could do to protect my daughters and ourselves? Like because they're like, don't go out, a dust and done. But I'm, I love nature and I want to be out, and you know, it's like, ooh.
1: <laughs> like
5: it's, the U.S.
3: Army. Um, tested herbs to see which were good insect repellents. And their two top picks were yarrow and catnip.
5: Catnip. Mm.
3: Tincture of the flowering top of either yarrow or catnip sprayed directly on the body, I find repels at least 98% of all mosquitoes. Okay. It's safe to put on children's skin. I make my tincture in vodka
5: which is much more
3: skin-friendly than grain alcohol.
5: Yeah, I, I have made yarrow. I just ran out, and I didn't get any seasons. so I'm going to have to reorder and most likely get it from uh, Rebecca. And um, So you would just say just spray ourselves with yarrow when we go outside. But the thing is, like, we have to constantly reapply that, right, because it, it only lasts, like, a specific amount of time. Well,
3: anything only lasts a specific amount of time. You'll know when to reapply it because the mosquitoes will start coming around again, right? Yeah. And it you depends know on have- the day and the mosquitoes and how much you've put on, how you know when we're sitting out at Moon Lodge sometimes, um, we might be passing the yarrow sprayer around every fifteen or twenty minutes. But I've also, you know, gone out at dusk for a long walk and sprayed once and gotten complete protection for several hours. So it really just depends on what's going on.
5: So do you think that if, for some reason, like one of us starts to feel a little bit sick because maybe we got bit by a mosquito and I start giving St. Jones, that St. Jones might possibly help with that virus?
3: How many mosquitoes are carrying this virus? What percentage of the mosquitoes are carrying this virus?
5: Mm, that's a great question. I don't know.
3: Is it a hundred percent?
5: No, nah, probably not. I mean, how oh, I,
3: I, 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 would even
5: doubt that it's ten percent. Yeah, it's, it's like my mom and my mom friends that are like, eh, don't go, 'cause they know I go outside a lot, so they're like, you should be afraid, and I'm like, oh, should I wait? Should I? I don't mm-hmm. watch.
0: The news well,
3: the or apprentice lesson today. Uh, the beginning of her second week here, is how to be insulted. It's a very important lesson, which is why it it comes up so fast. And so I would like to teach you that lesson as to how to be insulted. And there are three standard answers whenever anybody says you should be afraid or you should do this or you shouldn't go outside. And the first answer is I hear you. That's all. I hear you. The second possible answer is, oh, you're worried about my going outside. Mm
4: -hmm. And the
3: third answer is, I hear you. You think it's unsafe for me to go outside.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: The person who is pushing you or insulting you feels heard. You have not agreed with them, have you? (laughs) No. 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 And yet they have felt heard, and usually that would be the end of the discussion, because they just want to feel heard.
5: Mhm.
3: And the more you argue, the less they feel heard, and the louder they have to tell you, and with the more ferocity they have to tell you, right?
5: Yeah. Wow. Because
3: your mother says this because she cares about you, right?
5: Mhm. Mhm. Totally.
3: So if you say to her, "I hear you," or you, you know, you may be right. Perhaps it's dangerous to go outside. Then she feels heard, and she feels that that you get that she cares about you.
5: That makes so much sense when you put it with those um that type of lens and narrative. Wow, thanks. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, thank you. Well, that was that was my only question because that that just kind of came out of the left field, and I was like, all right, let me let me see yeah. what I could do about this. Thank you so much.
3: Green blessings. Good night.:
5: Green blessings, Good night.
2: All right. Our next caller is coming from the 845 area code.:
4: Hi, this is Tatiana. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy that I finally got in, tried that for the last two weeks. I have
3: you have two. Thanks for calling.
4: Um, I have a post shingle neuralgia for three years, and I have allergy season now that it's also a terrible inflammation for me, especially in the nasal throat.
3: Mm. So it's allergy season. You have some pollen allergies that act up at this time of the year.
4: Yeah, it's probably ragweed. I was told most people around here have that. And, but I have also allergies at the end of January when, I don't know if that's called tree pollen. I don't know what it is. But uh, th- those are the times, and it lasts for quite a while. This thing mm-hmm. that starts at end of January can last until end of April.
3: Do or you me. recognize ragweed? Do you know what it looks like? Pardon? do you know what ragweed looks like?
4: No, I have no idea. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> That's okay. What I want you to do is find someone who does know what it looks like mm-hmm. and go with that person and harvest some and get some um vodka.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Better if it's 100 proof, but for this application 80 proof will do. Okay. And tincture that ragweed in the vodka.
4: Uh-huh. uh-huh. Now,
3: Take takes six weeks to make a tincture, mm-hmm. so you'll probably be past your allergic reaction to ragweed. It'll all be dead within six weeks, but you'll have it for next year.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And people start taking this tincture a week or two before the ragweed starts to bloom. A week or two.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and so the
3: idea is, it's kind of like the idea, like, have you heard anybody say, oh, if you eat bee pollen, it will help you not have allergies?
4: That didn't happen to me. I, I ate. Everything. It can't
3: happen to you because the pollen that you're allergic to has nothing to do with bees. <laughs> it's a windborne pollen, and bee pollen is not windborne. So, all, it's, what I'm saying is, it's a good idea, but bee pollen won't do it. But the pollen from the ragweed will. So, if you make a tincture of the plant in flower right now, then next year you start taking that. And you will be taking that pollen, and your body will acclimate itself to it, and will stop reacting to it.:
4: And that applies also to the end of January to May, uh, allergy or that something else?
3: I don't know what are you having a reaction to in January? This yeah. applies to your ragweed reaction, right?
4: well, that's that's one that was confirmed in my blood test, but I don't see anything really blooming at the end of January. So I was told tree pollen, I don't know if they bloom then. I am in Woodstock, I don't know. You know oh, of, this course,
3: of course there's nothing blooming in January.
4: Exactly, that, that's what is strange about it. Now let me
3: also ask you this, are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions at this point?
4: Pardon? I didn't hear the question.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you know about and are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions?
4: Uh, I like very much uh, mint tea. Uh, I also heard you saying drinking... Mint
3: tea is tea. I'm asking about nourishing herbal infusions, not about tea.
4: Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I really am... We'll People expect- find
3: that if they drink a quart of nourishing herbal infusion a day, that within two years they have no more allergies of any kind.
4: And what would be a nourishing herbal
3: do you have access to a computer?
4: Do you have access to a computer? So I, Google, to a computer. Uh, so I Google nourishing herbal infusion. Do so you
3: have access to a computer?
4: No, but I can. No, do you it.
3: don't have access to a computer.
4: I can All right, it.
3: because I have a YouTube channel and I have, oh ten 10 or 12 YouTubes about nourishing herbal infusions and making nourishing herbal infusions and the herbs to use, and I show you everything right there on screen. You know, your public library has a computer that you can yeah, use.
4: I, yeah, yeah, I will go. But when will you say
3: you don't have access, I kind of wonder that you don't know that your library has a computer.
4: Yes, I know. I am doing my writing there. So you
3: do have access to a computer?
4: Uh Yeah. Not personal, it's a little bit. So Go to
3: YouTube and your question about Nourishing Herbal Infusions will be very fully answered.
4: All right. There is
3: also at the wisewomanschool.com a course that I have. The YouTubes are free. I do have a course on Nourishing Herbal Infusions. There is a small charge for that.
4: Okay. And how about my post-shingle neuralgia that burns on me for three years now?
3: I am willing to answer any question that doesn't start with what about.
4: Oh, so uh, I should, like, say it in a positive way?
3: I'm not talking about negative or positive. I'm all for negative. What about isn't a question.
4: It burns like hell, the fires of hell. I hear you, it.
3: I don't know what it refers to.
4: I mean, if I call it neuralgia, that does—it's that neuralgia why? is fine. Okay.
3: That does, but that doesn't tell me what's really going on in your body, does it?
4: It feels like fire on my skin. Everywhere on every part of your skin. No, no, no. Only where. Oh well, sh- you see, you're not giving me any information, are you? Shingles initially. I was lucky not to get them in my eye, but I got them around my waist on the right side.
3: So at first you had shingles. Yeah. You had a shingles outbreak on the right side near your waist.
4: Yes. Yeah.
3: And why do you say you were lucky not to get it in your eye?
4: Because you could get blind from it.
3: But how do
4: you know you were even going to get it near your
3: eye? What does luck have to do with it?
4: I'm trying to say it's that even though one half
3: percent of people who get shingles, uh, facial shingles, that go blind, it's extremely rare. You have right. a greater chance of being struck by lightning.
4: I was trying to lighten up my misery.
3: I hear you. It just seems very odd to feel lucky to have escaped something that wasn't coming your way. It's kind of like the person who put out the elephant powder. And somebody said, why are you putting out elephant powder? There's no elephants around here. And that person said, see how well it works?
4: It's a little bit like saying I was born during the Holocaust, but I was not in a concentration camp. It's at the same weight. Which is true. You were
3: born during the Holocaust. Are you Jewish or are you German?
4: I'm Jewish.
3: Okay, because if you're German, then, of course, you wouldn't have been in a concentration camp, would you?
4: That's an interesting bypass. Well, you're not giving me any information to go
3: on. You're not telling me, gee, I'm Jewish, and I was born during the Holocaust, and I did not wind up in a concentration camp. Because if you're German and you were born during the Holocaust, then we would not have expected you to wind up in a concentration camp, would we?
4: Maybe we should go back to the... For the herbology aspect of my disease. I'm I'm not the one who started talking about this. You are.
3: (laughs) I didn't ask you any of this. What I'm saying is having shingles on your face doesn't make you blind. Having shingles near your eye doesn't make you blind. There's a very, very faint possibility. Saying I had shingles in my waist, but thank goodness I didn't have it on my eye, to me, is meaningless. I hear it's important to you. To me, it's completely meaningless. So let's just agree that it's important to you and it's non important to me.
4: I agree with you. That was not a, a debate. Okay.
3: So you had shingles around your waist, and what did you do to deal with the shingles? Did you take hypericum tincture? Did you put hypericum oil on it? Did you take a drug
4: uh drugs don't work for me. they make me sicker than without that than without them so mm-hmm. i
3: you did not take a drug
4: i couldn't no i I took for two days and I said, i'm getting sicker I can't take it so you know I went through the usuals uh, of drugs for a day or two and I rejected them all, and I ended up. Different drugs.
3: You took a huge variety of drugs, in fact.
4: Yeah, that you get for epilepsy. I mean, I was terrified just reading what can happen to me. <laughs> um, People
3: love to terrify themselves.
4: I, no, I don't like to. I I respond negatively to drugs.
3: And yet, you took drug after drug after drug, yes?
4: No, I didn't. I oh, did. I thought you just said I, you took a whole bunch of
3: different drugs, trying to get rid of it, one after the other, but none no, for no, more no. than a day or two.
4: I'm sorry, not one after the other. I just showed up once a month, and I said, that one didn't work for me. Do we have something else? And then they gave me something else, and I took it for two days, and I stopped, and so on. That How was, long did you have the shingles? Yeah, they were for How shingles. How long
3: did you have the shingles?
4: Uh, I had them for three weeks, and then they kind of slowly cleared, but the pain did not.
3: Well, let's go back to when you had the shingles and just treat you as though you still have the shingles. And the usual thing that I find very effective is the oil of Hypericum perforatum, known as St. John's wort or St. Jones wort. And that's applied to the area where the burning is. It's an anti-burn remedy. And then the tincture of the same plant, Hypericum perforatum, the tincture made from the fresh flowers, is taken internally by the dropperful, and it can be taken as frequently as needed to help control the sensation of burning and pain.
4: I put I put the oil of um, the, the St. John's wort oil and it didn't do anything for me. And, and how many times did you apply that oil? Just for a few days because I'm somebody who overreacts to everything. I, I get the reaction. Did you overreact to it? Uh, no, I didn't. So I stopped after three days.
3: Well, I think it's pointless to talk to you then because you're not going to do anything.
4: You're gonna uh, well, do, i still going to do, do something
3: for two or three days, and then you're going to stop.
4: Well, I put. Oh, so I, put... I don't know
3: what, what the what's the point of this discussion.
4: Um, the you
3: point is the hypericum can... oil, three or four times a day for two weeks.
4: I I won't be able to wear anything with that kind of oil. Um, it's... I really appreciate the
3: great imagination that you put into your excuses.
4: Uh, I am very imaginative, that's why I'm a writer. Imagine well, your excuses <laughs> are the best excuses that I've heard all night long. You have an excuse for everything. Fine.
3: Then hey, guess what? You can do anything you want and be in pain. Go for it. I'm all for it.
4: I put men on me nothing invests in your being
3: pain free. Do whatever you you don't want to put on hypericum oil three or four times a day and be pain-free? Your party, not mine.
4: You mean I have to try it for, for a month and a half in order to see? The- I said
3: two weeks. Two weeks. At last I looked, two weeks is not a month and a half.
4: Ah, okay. Well, I can do that. I didn't know that I have to do it for two weeks.
3: Three or four times a day.
4: Yeah, okay. All right. You see, did you I don't I understand
3: no. abandoning something that is giving us bad symptoms, but I do not understand abandoning something that doesn't work immediately. Even most drugs don't work immediately. If you had a really severe infection and they recommended an antibiotic and you took three doses and it didn't get rid of the infection, you'd stop taking the antibiotic?
4: Yes, I do, and it stops it It stops the infection for me. If I take it for three days it is enough uh, i I learned that through Act, but, I'm, but
3: i'm saying but I'm saying, but that's that's three days
4: yeah, after three days yeah. it's enough for me
3: and so you can see a response that's yes. a drug that acts much faster than an herb
4: yeah yeah,
3: but you don't stop taking it before you get a response
4: Well, everybody said it doesn't it doesn't I stopped and it worked. It works for me. Yes. It makes me sick. The antibiotics makes the sickest I can get. Nothing else is so horrible than antibiotics, so i I stopped after three days, and it worked. I'm not saying that everybody should do that, but uh, I'm learning to live.
3: current right. thinking is that once you see symptom relief, it's probably yeah. best to stop taking the antibiotics. Because telling people to continue to take them until they're all gone creates really powerful superbugs and antibiotic-resistant bacteria.
4: I agree with you. Was it cre- you know, yeah. I mean, I trust it. So that's, doctor- that's
3: the latest scientific thinking is that most people are overdoing it and they've been taught to overdo it. And I know when I talk to a lot of doctors, they feel, you know, really upset that they know they shouldn't be prescribing antibiotics, but people force them to.
4: Well, oh, I don't have that problem anymore, but I am. T- that in- is
3: wonderful. So, a hypericum oil, and do you have the hypericum tincture? Tincture. The tincture uh, of hypericum. Yeah. They are taken in tandem, so the tincture is used internally, and the oil is used externally.
4: Uh huh. I okay. was
3: teaching in Australia, and a woman came to me, and she had facial shingles. She had shingles right by her eye. Gosh. And the doctor told her, you're going to go blind. And she came to me, oh, I'm going to go blind. I said, won't you go and look and see, you know, how many people actually go blind from having facial shingles? <sighs> right. And I suggested to her hypericum oil on it and hypericum tincture internally. And I didn't, just in Australia a few days, I didn't know where she could get it. I said, but I have some with me. Come tomorrow to class and I'll give you some of what I have. Well, she didn't show up at class the next day. In fact, I didn't see her until about a week later and I was much further north in Australia at that point, but she had flown up to where I was. And she came to me, and she said, Do you recognize me? I said, Yeah, you're the woman with shingles. She said, Well, I want to tell you that I put that oil on there, and I started taking that tincture. And uh, you can see now that uh, all it took was eight days for it to completely disappear, and I'm completely pain-free.
4: Wow, that's wonderful. How much tincture and how many... A dropper full as often as you want. I would
3: recommend three or four dropper fulls a day. Oh oh three or
4: four dropper Yeah, a whole thing,
3: yeah. Whole dropper full, right.
4: Dropper, yeah. Of course, dropper one full. of those
3: herbalist things. When we say a dropper full, what we mean is the amount you get in the dropper when you squeeze the rubber bulb. And that's actually, if you look at it, it's really half the dropper full. But we call it a dropper full.
4: All right um
3: you cannot get the dropper totally full
4: is there a certain concentration because i have that uh, from mother earth is that good um, is it
3: made from the fresh plant
4: oh, i i i don't think it's written on it how it's made uh, it's the usual what they sell there i have that who made it um John was worth it's called Mother Earth on top herbal supplement doesn't write that's only three manufactured by Mother Earth storehouse.
3: Uh huh. And then on the back, what does it say?
4: That's what's written on the back. On the back, just use 30 drops in water or juice one to three times a daily as needed. Doesn't tell you
3: what kind of alcohol is used or what what herb is used? Does it doesn't say that?
4: Nothing, no. No. Then I can't tell you either, can I?
3: But I would go to the store and I would say, did you use fresh plant material to make this? And if they didn't, I would not take it.
4: It's written here, flowering, uh, uh, ethically wild harvested fresh St. John's Wort flowering. Fresh, there you go. It does say fresh, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. You're right. Yeah, it does. Herb strength ratio one to two. I don't know what that means. I'm sorry? It's written here, herb strength ratio yes. one two.
3: That's the ratio between the herb and the alcohol. So that should work just fine.
4: Oh, and okay. I'm going to
3: say green blessings and go on to the next person.
4: Thank you very much, Susan. Thank Good you. Good Good night. <clears throat> Excuse me, the next caller is coming
2: from the three zero five area code Susan
8: it's hi Susan and Ras hi, It's really wonderful to hear your voice
1: Thank and
8: participate you. today Susan um I have a a question, and um it's about grief and possible herbal allies to help me through some pretty severe Grief associated with loss. Um, the specific loss is loss a loss. of
3: grief that's not associated with loss. True.
8: There, um, I don't know of
3: any grief that's not associated with loss.
8: Yes. What, what? I mean is, um, yes, correct. This is a loss of a relationship, not a death, but I feel it much like a death. And? and it's really difficult for me to move through the routine of my day and my responsibilities because of how severe I feel in
3: this
8: step. Mm-hmm. I think this was this not depth. your choice. Correct. Correct.
3: So you're, some of the feeling that you're dealing with is a sense of, Something bad happened to you that you didn't have an active part in
1: happened?
8: Yeah, whether consciously or subconsciously, pretty much my husband has decided that he no longer, you know, wants to be married in a relationship and it happens. Well, that doesn't sound suddenly. subconscious at all. It sounds very conscious. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yes.
3: In his. So, you know, grief is its own thing, and what we usually suggest any we're grieving is that we give ourselves the space to grieve, like, that we do not expect of ourselves that we act like nothing is happening. Is that really what you're asking me? What, can I, what herbs can I take so that I can pretend that nothing is happening?
8: No, I think um, I'm looking for herbs to help me through the process. Of it all because sometimes the intensity is too much for me. Where depression's up in, or extreme anxiety and fear and um, inability to do my daily functions in a way that um, I need to. I think of
3: depression as. Grief that we won't allow. Okay. Because when we're grieving, it's very clear. When we're grieving, we cry. Yes. And we rage. And yep. we, we seek motion because it's an E, out, motion, E, motion, E, motion wants to be out. When it can't go out, it goes in, and that's D, pressed. Mm. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Grief
3: does not make us depressed. Okay. When the apprentice burned my barn down, I walked and walked and walked. Instead of having just talking stick, we had talking walking stick. And the more that I walked, the better I got through my grief. Yeah.
8: I can understand that.
3: So movement, give ourselves space and time to actually feel the grief. And basically what you're saying to me is, I'm afraid it's too much, so I won't let myself feel the grief. Instead, I prefer to be depressed and anxious. And maybe being depressed and anxious is what's going to stop you and give you that space to grieve that I talked about at first, right? Yeah. You keep talking about fulfilling your daily responsibilities and I keep talking about giving grief a space. It's hard that human beings are made in such a way that we cannot see each other's pain. I often think well, how different our lives would be if... When we had emotional pain, we turned purple. Or when we had physical pain, we turned, you know, orange. Or if there was some way for others to know that we were in pain. Because you walk down the street and you look and you think, there's a lot of these people who are in pain. They're grieving. Their bodies hurt. They don't feel right, but you can't tell. Mm -hmm. That's true. And part of that then makes us feel very cut off from others. It makes us want to dissemble, makes us want to just go out there and do our daily life and pretend that we're not having this emotion.
8: Right. I think that is the expectation of others, at least.
3: Well, it's your expectation, too, from what you've said to me here tonight.
8: Yeah, I guess I have to sit with that because I thought I was grieving pretty deeply. But this does make sense. To me. Yeah,
3: I think that you're feeding your pain body, and that's very different than grieving.
8: Uh huh.
3: Uh-huh. Feeding your pain body means going over and over and over again what happened. Grieving means yeah. letting it go. It's gone. It's over. It won't be there anymore ever. Let it go. Mm-hmm. It does not sound to me like that's what you're doing.
8: You are do right about that
3: but did you still have some hope that if you did the right thing he'd come back
8: yeah I am waiting for the white horse to suddenly appear breathing it all then are you Mm. yeah you're right
3: feeding the pain body is not grease this
8: is great I do have a question on one particular herb. Okay. Uh, Mimosa. I'm not familiar with her. Um, um, I'm mostly familiar with St. John's wort wort and uh, mother wort, but mimosa might be something that I can grow here in South Florida. Uh, The others are a little difficult for me to grow. So I wonder if you have an impression.
3: And it takes like six or seven years before it starts to flower, and the tincture is usually made of the flowers.
8: Yes. Um, Okay. So we're talking
3: long-term here in terms of growing it.
8: Sure, but um, I do have actually – I have seen it in my neighborhood. Great. Yeah, which is really exciting.
3: Well, experiment with it if it's calling out to you.
8: Um, I did read that some use the inner bark as well as the flower.
6: Experiment if it's calling out to you. Okay.
8: Okay. And do you know her to be helpful with grief specifically?
3: You're not grieving. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yeah. What you're asking me is, will mimosa get rid of my pain Mm. and make my husband come back? And the answer is no, it won't.
4: (laughs) That is beautiful.
8: I'm going to sit with that. Okay. Say goodbye. Thank you. Brush them off.
3: Go on. New things happen. Make room for them. That's what grief does. Grief empties us out so there's room for the new. You're not giving any space to your grief. You're not giving any room to this. You're not letting yourself empty.
8: Okay. Okay? Yes. This was a wonderful gift. Thank you.
3: All right. Green blessings. Good night.
8: Green blessings to you. Bye bye.
2: <clears throat> we currently don't we have got, any deals. We got what about deals. 15 more minutes? Yeah, we got about 15 more minutes, and we are going to be calling Jujana, so um, okay. be prepared for that. And oh, And yeah. um, oh, yeah. if anybody has has a question, uh, please press one, and we can take your question. Lots of people on here. Nobody wants to ask a question, though, at this time. Do you have anything you'd like to share, Susan?
3: Um, nothing is really um, on my mind except getting the book done. And the level of detail, it would just be crushingly boring to others. You know, okay. we'd like today we went through the resources and it was like, oh, this needs to have an S added here, and there's a capital here. I mean, that level of really picky detail that we're dealing with now, making sure that, that really, literally, all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. and um, So it's not a lot, l- much fun to talk about, and it's what I've been doing. It's just really doing that and um, packing.
2: Uh, we had so, a bunch of people queue up with questions, actually, it looks right, like. Right, okay, so. I
3: figured if- we talked I a did. Bit, so um, we did One, me about your board.
2: In, excuse me. Oh yes, somebody did ask me about buying herbs from the UK. Do you are you familiar with any uh, bulk herb suppliers in the UK that would be kind of less known that she, she's having a hard time finding? Linden, in particular. She lives in England. Yeah.
3: I don't know of particular resources in England. Linden is an extremely common herb throughout Europe, um, so I'm rather shocked. Uh, but if I was she in England she... and I couldn't find an herb that I liked, um, I would probably go to France or Germany and see what I could get there.
2: Mhm. Okay. Yeah, she says she missed the harvest day, harvesting day, so she usually harvests her own. All right. Uh, The next caller is coming from the 203 area code. Hello. Hello.
8: Hi, Susan. This is Nora.
2: Hello.
8: So my question is about severe hair loss. Um, In the past year, I've lost about like 60 to 70 percent of my hair. Um, And along with the the loss, I've noticed that the actual hair shafts have thinned quite a bit in diameter. So it's been very distressing, to say the least. Um, kind of been an ongoing quest to get to the root cause of it. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> so I've suffered from digestive distress kind of simultaneously. So kind of all signs are pointing to, you, like, this is, you know, digestion-slash-absorption-related so what, my, my I don't think is, so
3: no I don't think digestion okay. has anything to do with your hair loss
8: really okay
3: this unless you're <laughs> on some really like deficient diet do you eat only raw food
8: no nope. I have a are you raw vegan diet. no do you mostly
3: like raw juices
8: no I do not
3: well if you eat a broad diet and you're mm-hmm. eating your, most of your vegetables well-cooked, then I don't think that this has much of anything to do with what's going on with your hair. Why do men go bald? Um, I
8: believe DHT, testosterone. Um. Testosterone, correct. Well,
3: Hormones have a far greater effect on hairs and hair follicle and hair growth than what you're eating. Okay. So the less testosterone a man has the longer he keeps his hair, and the more testosterone he has, the sooner he loses his hair. One wit suggested that the gene for early baldness has been preserved in human beings because those men can scout out the animals and be less seen because they don't have all that hair on top of their head.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: So, in general... Whenever anyone is losing hair, what we can say is that testosterone is probably elevated.
2: Hmm.
8: Okay, interesting. Um, have you heard of a connection to cannabis, by any chance? Because I've read. I'm that- sorry. Have you heard of um, a, a potential connection to cannabis? Cause I've read that. Cannabis can mess with um, cortisol levels along with it um, as well.
6: Are you eating I cannabis? Was,
8: I was, no longer, but yes, I was over this past year. I don't like people
3: eating cannabis at all, gang. You're listening up, okay. don't eat it. It's not meant to be eaten. Mm. Every person who eats it is getting into trouble. They're winding up in emergency rooms. They're not doing their heart and good. And, yes, of course, cannabis is going to mess with your hormones if you eat it. Okay. It's okay. a herb that's designed to be smoked. And Great. the wonderful thing about smoking it is that you can dose exactly right. When you smoke it and you've gotten enough, you don't smoke anymore. When you eat it, you can't tell how much you've gotten.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And people yeah. almost always overdose.
0: Okay.
2: All right.
3: So find another way to get cannabis into your body if it's being useful to you.
8: Okay, definitely. Okay. And in terms of regulating my hormones, um, you know, nourishing oh, my Oh, my goodness.
3: Going to regulate your hormones sounds pretty fierce to me. I don't like to regulate <laughs> my hormones. I don't know enough to regulate my hormones. You know exactly what's going on in your body, and you can regulate every hormone? I'm amazed. No. Uh, No. (laughs) I don't think anybody wants regulated hormones. Okay. We want our hormones constantly shifting and changing. If you look at, for instance, estrogen production over 24 hours, it goes through cycles. Mm Mm-hmm. Hormones are not produced steady-state, drip, drip, drip. There's a surge of estrogen, and then it dies down. And then an hour later, there might be a smaller surge, and then it dies down. And then an hour later, there might be a larger surge, and then it dies down. So our hormones are rhythmic, because good health is about rhythms, not about regulation. Okay. That makes sense. So I would say, just in general, to really be very strong about drinking your Nourishing Herbal infusions. You're drinking Nourishing Herbal Infusions? I am, yes. Good. And what kind of scale do you use?
8: Um, a postage scale.
3: A postage scale. Perfect. Wonderful. So I would <laughs> keep on drinking those Nourishing Herbal Infusions. And you've been doing it for about how long now?
8: Actually, about a month, so not long. That's fine. And I would say just
3: on with that. And um, I know a great many people find that stinging nettle really rebuilds their hair and their scalp.
4: Okay.
8: Great. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much.
3: You're welcome. Green Blessings.
2: Green Blessings. All right, let's see if we can get one more in before we call Jujana. Coming from the 805
6: area code. Hi, Susan. This is Helen. Hi, Helen. Quick question. I actually called a few weeks ago, and I just began using the Nourishing Herbal Infusion, and I wanted to know is there a certain um, order I should Yesterday, I started with the You must eat rice on
3: Monday and corn on Tuesday. You have to have kasha (laughs) on Wednesday, okay? Got it?
6: (laughs) You lost your mind? Excuse me? Have you lost your mind? No, for the herbal infusions. I just didn't I'm telling you,
3: you have to eat corn on Monday. You can't eat corn on Tuesday. If you eat corn on Tuesday, bad things will happen
6: to you. So any way I want to do it, it's fine. Obviously any way
3: you want to do it.
6: Okay. I'm just new to this, so I wanted to ask.
3: That's why I'm asking if you lost your mind. I don't think so. (laughs) What is it that you really want to ask? It's obviously not this.
6: No, that was my question. If there was a certain kind of order,
3: Why would there be an order? I didn't know. I'm new to this, so have to eat corn on Monday. (laughs) Just remember, bad things will happen if you don't eat corn on Monday and rice on Tuesday, okay? (laughs) Thank you. These are foods, okay? They're food. They're not drugs. They're foods. Treat them like you would treat any food. You can eat corn on any
1: day of the week, right?
6: Correct.
3: And it doesn't matter if you eat rice on the same meal or the next day or a week later. It's not going to cause any harm of any kind. Foods are foods. Nourishing. Thank you. Infusions, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Green blessing.
2: Well, we have a few minutes before the interview technically starts, but do you want to just go ahead and give Shujana a call? Yes.
3: You, yes, let's go ahead and give okay. her a call. Can I read the introduction while you're calling her or is does that not
2: work? It doesn't work because of the um the ringing <laughs> here. It's going to so die. Go ahead and give her a call. Okay. Hey, Are you there, Zujana? Oh, they dropped. I don't like being
3: inferred. I don't like being it being inferred that I'm tricky and holding out on people because I don't do it.
6: Hello. This is voicemail for Sujana Budapest.
1: Wouldn't Please. I? Have, I would here right. tonight, wouldn't I? Back and, just... and
3: what a great excuse, I made to it. On? Hello.
0: Hello. Hello, Zhuzhanna. Hi there. Good evening to you there. Good evening
3: to jujana Yes. yes. Budapest. Who was born in yes. Budapest, Hungary, during a big yes. winter storm on January 30th, 1940? <laughs> her mother, Masika, Masika Slash,
0: like me, like me, yes,
3: was a medium and a practicing witch who supported herself and her daughter with her art as a sculptress. Masika's themes always celebrated the triple goddess and the fates. Zhuzhanna Z grew up respecting and appreciating Mother Nature. The poverty of (laughs) post-war Europe and the political oppression under the Russian occupation made Z fiercely political. So when the Hungarian Revolution broke out in 1956, she took her destiny into her own hands and became one of those 65,000 political refugees who left the country, mostly young workers and students like herself. Susanna finished high school in Innsbruck, Austria, graduated and won a scholarship to the University of Vienna where she studied languages. (laughs) Zuzana immigrated to the United States in 1959 And became a student at the University of Chicago There she married and gave birth to two sons And this was in Chicago, as we said Where she studied with Second City An improvisational theater school And the only one in the country at that time Zhijana's family spiritual tradition, however, started seeping back into her life. She practiced solo worship of the goddess at her home altar in her backyard. Her early years, as the first installment of her autobiography, is her latest book called My dark Sordid Past as a Heterosexual, and it is available from Amazon. It is a really great book. Oh, my goodness, the things you will find out My dark, sordid past as a heterosexual by Jujana Budapest. When Jujana entered her Saturn cycle at the age of 30, she became involved with the women's liberation movement in Los Angeles and became an activist, starting the Women's Center there and running it for many years. She recognized a need for spiritual dimension so far lacking in the feminist movement and started the Women's Spirituality Movement. Shujana founded the Susan B. Anthony Coven Number no. 1, that feminist witches coven, which became the role model for thousands of other covens and spiritual groups being born and spreading across the United States. Then Shujana wrote The Holy Book of Women's Mysteries in 1989. She had originally published it in 1975 as The Feminist Books of Lights and Shadows, And it had served as a first hands-on book to help women into their own goddess heritage. Shuzhana has since written numerous books, some of which have been translated into other languages. And each one of her books is an absolute treasure. Go looking for them. Do not rest until you have every one of Shuzhana's books in your hand. In 1975, Shuzhana was arrested for reading tarot cards. She was arrested by an undercover policewoman. She lost her trial, but she won the debate. And the law against psychics was struck down nine years later. I was at a Tarot conference when this happened, interestingly enough. And it was quite the talk of the conference, and especially the talk of the conference, was the defense that Jujana was putting up was that if she was going to be arrested for telling the future, then so should the Uh, People who forecast the weather and the people who sold stocks should also be arrested for telling the future. And it did take nine years, but that law was eventually struck down. Yay! Mm -hmm. During this time, Z led rituals, lectured, taught classes, gave workshops, wrote articles tirelessly, and published in hundreds of women's newspapers across the country. She has powerfully influenced many of the future teachers and writers about the goddess. The California Institute for Integral Studies in San Francisco has recognized Z's contribution to women's spirituality movement. A woman called me up and said that she wanted to teach, and she knew a lot about the goddess. She'd been studying the goddess for 30 years, and I suggested that she go to Goddess Spirit Rising this weekend, and she said, well, she couldn't. And I said, well, I I know it's very close, so next year, go to Zhujana Budapest, um, goddess in the redwoods. And she said, Who's Zhujana Budapest? And I say and I said, You know nothing about the goddess. <laughs> it was quite offended. But it's true. <laughs> Today Jujana lives in Santa Cruz, California where she has the best grapevines and apples and a beautiful garden and gorgeous roses and you know those other things you can grow in California that I can't grow in New York and oh god they're gorgeous <laughs> she has got a real green thumb when I was just teaching out in Seattle I saw a great t-shirt and it said all of my fingers are green it had a big green thumb all of my fingers are green and all of are green. <laughs> she is always making time to smell the roses and eat the grapes she's the founder and director of the Women's Spirituality Forum, which is a nonprofit organization sponsoring goddess spirituality retreats and festivals for women and young girls. I love you, Jujana. Tonight, for the short time we have available to us, you want to talk about morals and ethics of the goddess movement. Yes. So, go for it, honey. I want to hear what
0: you got to say. Well, first of all, thank you, Susan. And uh, imagine yourself embraced by me and held to my heart. No, and I embrace very you right. now. And I'll see you forward. what day after tomorrow,
3: and give you a real hug.
0: I know that I I asked in, in Quiver River. There was an herbal conference where I met you. I know you have a different story, but that's really where I saw you first. And um, at Quiver River, I asked asked the ladies that who wants to become a witch, and it was you who stood up and. Here you are in my life, 50 years later. I love you back so much. Thank ah, you. Thank
3: love you back, love you front, love you all around.
0: <laughs> well, as, as it is my want, I like to take a birds eye view and a historical view and an astrological view of where are we? Where is the big clock? What is it doing? So we are almost the middle of the sub-age of Aquarius. And humanity is looking at humanity. Everything in our consciousness is about other people. Um, it 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 is a great revelation to us who we are. We didn't know about many shadows that we have not seen before. We have not known how deep the hatred of women, for example, we didn't know really where it all started with patriarchy. And in, but we know now that we are one, that we live on the same planet. We know that we come in many sizes and shapes and, and, and colors. And we come in many sexes. And all of this is new material for us. We are looking in the mirror where we see ourselves. So in this, in this position, I'm looking at the goddess movement, and I'm noticing one, ter- well, one terrible thing, anyway, which could be cured if it's made conscious, and that is the way we treat each other. It isn't always fighting with the enemy. It is often just how we deal with each other on the everyday how we solve our differences. And that's where we are not in a good place. Looking back, looking back to the 70s, which were the, really the best time to be a feminist, um, we had one of our members raped by four guys who pulled her off her motorcycle and almost killed her. Um, she would not divulge that when they were looking for the rapists that they were black. She would not say that because she was a good feminist and she didn't want to perpetuate the stereotypes, most often not right, about black people. And I thought about that at that time. Now, mind you, I was only 30 years old. And I, I understood and saw the pattern how women eat pain. We eat it, and we protect those who give us the pain. And it has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with this inborn sense of protecting men. We somehow feel we need to protect men from each other and from us. So, it is is an arduous voyage to go down this road and take instances where we have not behaved towards ourselves with enough love and compassion. But we always do anything for men. Even the most separatist ones, even the most harmed ones, they would stand up for men. And we don't support each other. Not like that. What is that sound in the background, by the way? Susan, can you hear that? Just like is what what is that sound, that whistling sound? It's the okay, frog it's, now. Is it it's the frogs? Yes. What? Is it the frogs? Oh, you are doing it outdoors where the froggies are singing? Yes. Uh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I love those froggies and, and, and let them just do whatever they want. <laughs> So, going back to this thorny, thorny, and painful thing, looking at ourselves in the sub age of Aquarius, we are seeding an age of Aquarius, and the only way we do a good job is if we create a seed that includes us, where respect and love is extended to ourselves when we don't look at each other and say, "Oh, you want to be president well you, you you use your email wrong or or actually." Internalizing the weaponized gossip that's being hurled at women all the time. The way to destroy a woman's a woman's hard work is to weaponize some terrible lies against her and and push that into the consciousness of the people. This happened to our Hillary, who was one of the best best example of female excellence and and most most proper to become president, but of course men locked arms it's against her. Such and the Russians, such a fantastic,
3: hello? Yes, Hillary is such a fantastic example that when she lost, she went on. She's continuing on to do
0: good work. Because she's a true blue, because uh, she's not there for a fame or money and not power hungry like she was constantly, oh, she did leave. Clinton after he cheated on her because she, she was just power hungry. No, they were friends from college. And people who never went to college don't understand that because that's a place where you make lifelong friends sometimes. That's the age group anyway. And whatever you create together, they become the bond. But just imagine how we got weaponized against. And now each time we get an attack from men, they always make a lie and they sell it to the other women because they know what we are sensitive about and they will make a lie. Sometimes they project on us what they themselves are doing. Um, for example, this child abuse business that um, uh, Hillary, the greatest greatest lady ever was running a child abuse uh, ring. No, that was, uh, what's his name, who just committed suicide. They they actually project their own actions on us. And somehow women still believe it. This this lack of trust in each other is killing us. And here in the middle of the sub-age, when we still have a chance to improve this, I am raising my voice and saying our flag must include us as well we have to stand up for each other and ourselves and marches are fine but when you are in front of a judge with a very bad rape case for example and the guy because he comes from a good family is let go and the woman is left with lifelong lifelong injuries to her soul her body and and the the extra burden of not having been believed these things must change. We have to treat each other with more love, with more trust. We, we, we have not done anything bad. Um, I, that is, as,
3: it's so, so important that we treat each other with love and trust. I was talking to a student, and she was bemoaning that she couldn't get her mother interested in the goddess. She says, I keep trying to talk to mom about the goddess, and she just keeps shutting me down. And I said, has your mother ever been in a woman's circle? And she said, what does that have to do with it? I said, ah, it's from being in women's circles that women learn to trust each other, and it's from that, so far as I can see, that the goddess emerges. Yes,
0: Yes, it is true. That is how it is. And and then, um, to my mind, always came back Margot Adler, the great Margot Adler, bless her sweetheart, and May she rest in peace, but not when she has some time to come and join us again. It doesn't matter if she's on the other side. When we call her up, she is away, and she's everywhere now. She taught me this wonderful little um, song, which I'm going to do at the conference, where (coughs) we make a double circle, and the women move one way, and the other circle moves the other way. And we welcome each other. uh, And I'm not quite sure if this was the tune, but the offense was. "Well, Welcome, welcome, welcome. Love and respect to you. Love and respect to you. And then you move on to the next person. And you welcome, welcome. Love and respect to you. And that is what we need to feel and act on. It is not the other women who had caused you any harm. We have been all stooped for a long, long time, and now we are finally awake a little bit, and let's not go back to sleep on this one. The self-love and the self-appreciation rests on knowing about our past, so we need to get back women's studies at the universities, enough of this gender studies there's not much to study about that. I, I really resent it.
3: I, somebody said I, something about your studies and I just I just like went through the roof and said that is an odious term.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is an odious term. And I, I um, know the
1: story before But, but to know
0: to know about even the living the living pioneers like you and I. It's essential because you build your own self esteem on that. Oh, those women have written new thoughts and and led new ways, and have done, elevated our own sex, which is the whole point to elevate our sex. Of course, we call it create equality, but once you're a mother, everybody else is your children, that is not, that is, that's, that's not equal. The mother is always more important and more the, the foundation of the species than her children, but that's what we got. Our species how it is evolving and how it is adapting is up to us. Even, even the fact that maybe there is no more human beings anymore. I mean, even that would be pivoting on women. Demography, demography is the highest of politics. And we have demography. In other words, who is borning and how many people we create. That's very important. It, it, it determines everything. Anyway, um, love, love and respect,
3: just... respect, as you're saying, is very, very important. But I have found that in women's groups um, that a lot of fights break out because women don't feel respected, because many cultures and many subcultures have different ways of showing respect.
0: Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.
3: I want to add that what I think is really important is that we come already preloaded with trust for other women. And this is very, very difficult to do because our culture has basically taught us to distrust other women.
0: And why is that? Because then we can be separated from each other and we essentially exist in our small little world, but then the big patriarchy world and we have a member of our family, part of the other world, And we are the children, and maybe the other mothers, but even that is not for sure. In other words, we live in a social desert. It's, It's it's socially injurious for women's identity to be separated from each other.
6: It is.
3: And so one of the ways that women react to that danger is I'm going to find a really powerful man to protect me. And then other women become her competitors.
0: Right, right. And, and then let me, let me just mention the real bottom, bottom blah, the very bottom of this problem, how patriarchy continues generation after generation because they all agree that little girls must be broken. Little boys do if they can. They have to be broken so that they are not becoming real women because we injure them so that they are devoted and have to have lots of help to put themselves together. Psychically, physically, mentally. In other words, we handicap ourselves and we can never replace patriarchy because they all benefit from oppressing women. All males benefit from being treated with the idea that they are better than any woman that they are better in every way than every woman even though this has been proven wrong over and over again in fact the truth is that women are smarter ever since and and it has only happened in my lifetime that women were allowed into the universities at all to study i mean before my generation um, I, I think my aunt my aunt went to <clears throat> a real university where she got a Ph.D. in, in linguistics. Um, this was not normal. Women were not educated. And if you, if you are part of a religion that supports a military, and that's the next step, ruin the, ruin the children with abuse. Let everybody be crippled. Grow up. Nothing but misery and hopelessness and poverty. And then put the church say that this is your lot in life, that this is what you have. You have a vagina, your job is to be servicing a male, that your job is to make human beings and never worry about what happens to you in old age. Old age comes, you get discarded for a younger version if we can be interchangeable as women, we are not having any power. And, and nobody wants to be close to powerless people. I can see that as women draw, drew, draw from each other away because who needs to double the powerlessness? And, and all of this is undiscussed. It, it used to be discussed, It was always on top of of discussion, but not for the past 30 years. It has been all other subjects and everything. But when you look at what's going on, a sub-age of Aquarius gives us a window of opportunity to truly, really show what we can do and do it. And then...
3: Now, I I I want to admit that my experience with women and with the goddess has been basically really wonderful. And that's, there, that's there's a couple of reasons for that. The only goddess conferences that I teach at are Goddess Spirit Rising and Your Goddesses in the Redwoods, where women are respected and honored in numerous ways. And, of course, at lots and lots of herbal conferences, most of which are run by my past apprentices, so they are run <laughs> if these kinds of morals and ethics that you're talking about. Because the women herbalists in the United States have really based their herbalism on respecting and loving each other.
0: Yes. And when it happens, it's a rush, and heart opens, and lungs open, and your brain opens, and everything makes more sense, and you have a well-being of the spirit. And that is an immediate result of female nurturing company, which we then only in these groups give each other. Otherwise, we are giving all our energy away for everybody else. And you cannot, woman's energy is goddess energy, and you cannot do without it. There is nothing that exists that doesn't require woman's energy. We are the prima materia. We are we are all existence, and not not speaking now as only as a human species, but all the females in the universe, and that is really a reality. And to live up to that, we may not have to because we're just part of it. There is always one of us who will live up to it. All you have to do is support her, support the lady or, or the or the children. The children now coming up for peace. How powerful is that? Eleven year old Swedish um, little girl is creating major consciousness waves around the world, saying that. When I talk to adults, they always want to give me and tell me that I'm hope. I want them not to have hope. I want them to panic. I want them to panic like their house is on fire. That comes from an 11-year-old protesting in front of the Swedish parliament. So amazing and so potent. The goddess is really revealing herself in this sub-age and the Aquarianness of us, you know, the all-inclusive humanity is at its very beginning, but we know that that's what she's doing each time you see um, children with white mothers and men of color or the other way around and, and uh, creating the most beautiful children. In Germany, you walk around, there are lots of black and white children there who are Having um, afros and blue eyes, and just awesome, awesome humans come out of mixing the races together. And it refreshes the human gene pool. So it's actually very healthy to do it. And that's just the goddess playing with us. So you have some ideas about race. Well, inside you, if you peel your skin back, you're all pink. Wow, you're a pink nation. Yay. (laughs) Decided there
3: aren't any races. Yeah, There aren't aren't enough differences to actually say that there are races or even breeds of human
0: beings. Exactly. But we do have adaptation to the sun. And how clever is that? I mean, adaptation to the sun, you get a different different color. Um, You can lose color in 2,000 years. So if you're black and you moved up to Europe, your descendants in 2,000 years would be white. Same is true if somebody from the north moves to the south, um, where you get more sunshine. In two thousand years, means that every generation—that's a lot of generations, is just a little whiter, and it it just keeps going because um, the goddess plays with with these hereditary things personally. I think, I think she's a great artist and she creates is different views.
3: Now, before time totally gets away from us, would you tell people
0: how
3: to <laughs> be in touch with you and connect to all the? You are just doing so many wonderful and interesting things. I want to be sure that people have a place to connect with you. Is um, your website best? What's the best way?
0: Yes, it's uh, com and um, <clears throat> you can check out my my Facebook. I don't do any Twitter. Um, I'm desperate for someone to come and help us with the technology. But I've been praying for all year, and actually all throughout the year, to have a young person and Amazon come and say, oh, grandmother, I help you with that. Are we making still trouble? Yes, we are. And I need some techie help. No problem, grandma. I bring my friends, and we can roar. But Alone at eighty, it's just not not where I am at um, at this time. Oh, great protector! Zita. 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 Zita, thank you very much. I'm on the phone, please. Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. It may work or not. <laughs> She always has your best interest at heart.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Thebudapest.com, so, and then they will be able to write to you and say, "Hey, I'm that young Amazon who's going to help you with your computer work," or they can say, "Hey, Jujana, um, I'm interested in looking at some of the books that you have written," or "What else are you doing?" You have a. Well,
0: I'm having a, you know, against the social isolation of seniors, which is here at this age, it's really killing us. Social isolation. We each have our nice little houses, and we have, uh, you know, we 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 live on very little money, but uh, we are 20 minutes from the ocean, and everything grows if you put it in the dirt. (laughs) So, um, but what we have here is. I'm going to introduce them to consciousness raising under the new title of speakeasy. Speakeasy groups. It's easier to relate that way. It is still consciousness raising because yeah. what they would do is they would reveal about their lives. Like this session, we talk about um, uh, about your childhood, and, and let, let's hear about what you remember from your childhood. And um, these old people were there, shared these stories, and immediately the barricades put up uh, are just torn down because we are all hungry for each other's company, but we are afraid of each other because we say, well, I don't know, I don't know if she's crazy or she's gonna, or should I do it in my house? I don't really want anybody coming to my house, and all these shortcomings that one can imagine, and. I have been holding myself back on this because <clears throat> my house would be perfect <clears throat> for the gatherings of seniors to do speakeasy groups. But I
3: love it. We're going to have to have you come back real soon. Believe it or not, our time is just about gone for tonight.
0: Oh, my God, it's done um, already. Well, oh, it's so I love much. you so much. on nice. my Not only that, you, you are not our roommates, I heard.
3: Oh, we're going to roommate together again? Yeehaw!
0: I heard that that's what's going on. Oh, I we'll talk. It. We'll talk that. Um, don't forget to bring a little cheese for me. I, that
3: I will a little start.
0: goat cheese.
3: You do such a beautiful job of re-weaving and mending the healing cloak of the ancients. When I am with you, I so feel those ancient threads, those threads that have come to you through your mother and your grandmother and through that long line of Hungarian witches jana Budapest, thank you so much for being with us tonight. I love you. I'll see you in a couple of days. And, hey, Rebecca, thanks for helping me restore herbal medicine to its rightful place. As people's medicine, herbal medicine is the medicine that grows right outside your door.
0: Green lessons. And that's the best. That's the best. We were um, just... Truly, really, I learned from you so much, Susan. I appreciate you so much. And Great lady, Susan. Su- Susan, weedy, ah. I call you, weedy behind your back. <laughs> Blessed good be night. then, and good night, and thank you for this opportunity. Good Bye. night.
7: Bye. Important what you share Good night. You. Good night. Good
0: night.